Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards, looking forward to spending the next hour with you. We have a remarkably interesting topic today, but before I I begin, as usual, I'd like to get my housekeeping and announcements out of the way. COVID-19 has placed life on pause. Here at Radio Free Brooklyn, it is the same. We want to remind you that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host, staff, and community at large. We have closed both our studios and have canceled all live events. All of our hosts continue to bring original programming via live shows from home, pre-recording from home, or choosing the best from their archives. We're still looking for donations. We turned five years old this week. Happy birthday to us. And those of you who saw our social media post, we thank you for all the birthday wishes that you sent to us. We appreciate it, but we still are raising money. You can go to our um, our website, radiofreebrooklyn.com, press the donate button and give whatever you can give. Every amount is appreciated. So now with that, we can begin our show. Now, the past two shows that we talked about 
we dealt with the subject of habits. We, get, we discussed how to break negative habits. We talked about how to form good habits. We also touched upon how habits are ingrained in our behavior and thus plays such an important role of how our characters are shaped, right? So if you missed any of our shows, if you missed the ones on habits, you can always access my full archive on Spotify and iTunes. Just search What Would Kay Say? Or check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.com for information on me, your girl Kay, and it'll tell you what the show is about. And you can also see the archives of my past shows there as well. So now this would be the perfect time for those of you who like to take notes to get your pad and pen ready or your iPad for that matter, for you new techie people. Me, see, I'm old school. I got pen and paper in hand. I'm always writing something down. But for those of you who prefer to type your information, now would be a good time to take, to get your stuff ready to take notes. So today our topic is going to be about character formation and we're going to, the subtitle for it could be 15 ways to change your behavior. Okay. So now behave yourself. Everyone understands what those words mean, right? Thinking back in your childhood, I'm sure you've heard those words directed at you at one time or another. And if you really think about it, there's some adults today we want to tell those words to, but we really can't. But those two words sum up an action. They command what is needed at a moment in time. So as I stated earlier, our behavior reflects our character and our character reveals more than anything else what we truly believe and who we really are. Now, going into Proverbs, Proverbs 2011, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, reminds us that every child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. So we're taught from an early age, just thinking about that scripture, we're taught from an early age the importance of how we should behave, that some actions are right and some actions are wrong. And although we're taught how to behave, we're never taught how to change our behavior. When you think about it, mostly everything that we do in life requires us to change our behavior in one form or another. From your work ethics, either being responsible, reliable, dependable, to our spiritual formations, whether we're going to be faithful, whether we're going to be good stewards, all of the above require for us to change some or all of our behavior. So with that, it's helpful to understand ways we can change our behavior and make it work towards our advantage. So that's what we're going to do today. Like a habit, a habit formation had a formula. Behavior changes also have a formula. So when we think about behavioral changes, They consist of two primary factors. Now, before I get into this um, whole uh, discussion of 15 ways to change your behavior, 
I want to, if you want to take notes, this will be a good time to grab a pen and pencil because I'm going to give you step by step of how it breaks down and how we're actually going to do this. So, um, let me go back. Like a habit formula, like a habit that has a formula, behavior also has a formula. So when we think of it, like I said, the changes, it consists of two primary factors, adjustment and time. Now adjustment is a noun and it's the process of adapting or becoming used to a new situation. So for this situation, we will view adjustment as being the change in action for a new or familiar behavior. And here are the five ways to adjust, adjust to your behavior. We're going to explore all of them today. Number one, perform a new behavior. A new behavior is one that you've never done before or one that is no longer familiar to you. For example, we could start by, we'll use for example, our gratitude jar. When we started keeping our gratitude jars, that would be classified as starting a new behavior because for the most part, a lot of us never kept gratitude jars. But going back to school would be doing a familiar behavior that you haven't done in a while. You see the difference between the two? And now, step number two, perform a familiar behavior. A familiar behavior is one that you can do without having to develop a new skill or knowledge. If you used to ride a bike, and if you wanted to take up bike riding again, you would be familiar with that action. So it would be easy enough for you to just get a bike and start pedaling. You might not be able to go to speed that you were accustomed to going, but it's nothing that you would have to teach yourself how to do again. Almost also like driving a car. Now, number three, increase your behavior level. Now, for positive, familiar behaviors, you would want to increase the level of frequency or intensity. So let's take, for example, running or walking for exercise. You would want to increase your intensity and mileage in order to improve your fitness level. So if you jog, you'd want to jog longer periods of time for longer distance, you know, things like that. Number four, decrease your behavior level. Whether the action is positive or negative, some behaviors need to decrease in levels. For instance, if you like to spend time with your friends, but find that you need to decrease that time that you spend with them in order to be able to do the other tasks that you do, that you have to take care of in your life. Everything cannot be a hangout. There's nothing wrong with hanging out, but sometimes you have to cease the hangout and take care of your everyday, your everyday necessities. So that would be a, a example of decreasing your behavior level. Number five, you have to, to stop existing behaviors while some positive behaviors need to be decreased to make room for other life issues, negative and sinful behaviors need to be ceased altogether. Now, as we mentioned before, when we had habits that remember, I said, not all negative, not all negative habits, or in this case, not all negative behavior falls under the category, the category of being sinful. But there are some activities that are positive for one person 
and negative for another. And I'll use the same example as I used for habits, staying up late. If you're a person that has to get up early in the morning because you have to be to work at a certain time, staying up all hours of the night is not going to be advantageous for you. But for me, I can stay up late at night to take care of my work that I have to do because I set my own hours and I don't necessarily have to get up early in the morning, but also because I'm accustomed to staying up late at night, I can still get up early in the morning if I have to. But you see the difference? If you are, if you know you have to be to work at a certain time, you really wouldn't want to go past that same, that, that hour that gives you that extra rest that you need in order to be able to function properly at work. So now we've gone over everything with adjustments that we needed to talk about with the behavior change. Now let's talk about the second part of it, which is time. Time span refers to the period of time that you intend to engage in a behavior. And now there's three main periods of time span. A, one time. Now this behavior will occur once in a lifetime, like for example, graduation from high school or extremely infrequently, less than once a year. Like, okay, I'll use this for an example, having a baby. B, period of time. This is behavior that occurs for a specific length of time, usually from one day to a year. And C, from now on, which means this behavior will become habitual. And we've already spoke about habits from before. Now, when we combine those two factors, adjustment and time span, that's what gives us our 15 ways to change a behavior. For example, you could perform a new behavior one time, one, a, one for new behavior and A for one time. Or we can decrease a behavior level over a period of time, which would be four, B, and we can also perform a familiar behavior from now on, which would be two, C. Now see, I've given you three different combinations but you could arrange the matrix as you feel that it suits your needs. But when you arrange the matrix in that way, you take the five adjustments with the three spans of time that gives you your 15 ways to change your behavior. So now when you think about it, what behaviors in your life do you want to change? I mean, there's always something about ourselves that we think about that we would like to change. And these, this matrix, Anything that you want to change, you can place it and plot it in this matrix to get it accomplished. So when you think about what behaviors you want to change in your life, you start by making a list and then you label them based on the matrix. And then when you group them together, you base them on the codes that are similar. So for example, you make your list and then you take your matrix and you see how those items that you want to change, how you want to fit them into your, your matrix. Do you want to change it that you only do it, um, for a period of time, um, 
over, you want a new behavior over a period of time, or do you want to decrease a level of that, whatever it is you want to change, but you only want to decrease it one time. You know, you have to, you have to play with the matrix to see how you want that particular item that you want to change fits into that matrix. Once you do that, you gather up all the like groups. Like if you have, say if you have five things on your list and you have two that have one A, one that have four B, and one that may have two C. The two that have one A, you put in a group. The one that has the four B, you put in a group. But of course you're gonna have probably more on your list than five, or you might only have five, I don't know. You might not have a lot of things in your life you wanna change. Either way, you group the, the groups together and you put the most important behavior changes in a select, you know, you put them in order. You make it like into groups, you know, starting with one all the way down to five. And this is how you identify the behavior that you want to change and what's most important. Once you have them in the groups, then you can actually look at it and see, okay, that, that has more importance to me than this. Whereas when you just look thinking in your head, you're like, oh yeah, I would like to change this. I want to change that. But it's not until you actually put it down on paper and you could actually see it that you could say, you know what? Now that I've really thought it out, this does weigh more. This does have more importance to me as far as what I want to change. And this is the way I'm going to go about doing it. So once you do that, you've identified what you want to change. You make your groups and then you know where to start. So now that you have that, we're now going to talk about the, the aspects of what we need in order to change the behavior. So now, let's see, okay. We can understand, now we're gonna understand the elements that are necessary in order to do this. Now, there are three things that need to come together in order for behavior to occur. These three things are motivation, ability, and a cue. Now, whether a behavior is simple or complex, you have to have a motivation in order to perform the behavior. That coupled with the ability to do the behavior, and then the only thing that's needed is a cue, which is a reminder or a call to action, or like with a habit, a trigger. So when you put all three of those steps together, that's what changes the behavior. Now, when you think about it, all of these steps that I just discussed, they're all built into our DNA. God created us with all those in us already, Christians and non-Christians. Believers and non-believers. The only thing that's different with a Christian is our motivation, our ability, and our cues all come from our following after God's character. His, sanct his sanctifying power, which separates us, and his revealed will in our lives. But for the most part, everyone has those characteristics in them. So now we're going to talk about motivation. This is the most influential factor as to why we change our behavior. What is the real reason of why you want to change? That's what motivates you. You remember that back in the day they had that commercial 
for seven up. And I think, and the guy was saying, what's my motivation? You know, it's like, why would I want to even do this? You know, or I guess he was saying, why would I even want to drink this? Like what is prompting me to want to even engage in this? It's all personal to you. It's whatever makes you move, whatever gives you that unction, you know, number two ability. Can you perform what's motivating you? Like, do you really have the capacity to fulfill the motivation that you now have? Number three, Q, what is your reminder or your call to action that makes you want to change the behavior? What is the trigger that gives you the motivation that makes you want to just go out and do this? But when we fully understand the factors involved with changing our behavior, we can begin to form good characters. And that's the number one thing that we're trying to do, right? We're trying to form good godly characters, a characteristic that's mimicking after God's own heart, right? To be the best person that we can be. That's what we started out this year with. Our motivation was to become the best person we can be. And with that, we are now acquiring the skills and the tools to have the ability in order to become that best person. Now with that, we're going to go to some music and I'll be back for the rest of the show. Enjoy. This is for the question marks This is for the outcast soul Lost control, no one knows Singer for the can't go back Singer for the broken past Singer for the just found out Life is now upside down Yeah. 
Together with our differences, together we are bolder, braver, stronger. Say it's magic, but I know that you did all that. You're the reason there's no doubt. Doesn't matter just how many times I tried. There could only be a single reason why. So tell me.
Hey, I hope you enjoyed those selections that I chose. Like they had a little upbeat, you know, tap your fingers, tap your fingers, tap your toes, snap your fingers <laughs> to go, to go with the music. But now I want to introduce a new segment into the program. This is what I'm going to call, and I'm going to be doing this on a weekly basis. It's going to be called K's Q and A. And this is where you guys, all you listeners, can shoot over questions or circumstances that you may want advice on, and we can tackle the subject on the show. So now my email address is whatwouldksay at gmail.com. Simple enough to remember, right? But today I have a question, and it comes from Amanda, and she wants to know, Okay, Amanda wants to know, should low-level offenders be released from prison due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Okay, Amanda, now I know many of my listeners, they're not going to agree with what I'm about to say, and there will be some that will agree, but I feel that once you disobey the laws of society, whether we feel the laws are just 
or not is another story. But if you disobey what society has deemed the laws of the land, you should have to do your time in jail. COVID-19 should not mandate whether or not you should be released because if that were the case, then the person would not have had to be imprisoned in the first place, right? So just as we have social distancing, they can do the same thing in jail. Only allow, like, I don't know what a jail, I don't know what jail population is like. I've never been there. I pray to God I never have to go there. But if you, if we're social distancing, so then you only allow 10 people in the yard at a time for recreation for however many times, however the minutes pan out for the, for the day. Feeding should take place in their cells. There should be no social gathering in TV rooms or rec rooms or barbershops. Personally, I feel that there are way too many privileges offered in prison to begin with. Because if you've already violated the rules of society, then that means you did not want to be outside or participate in the same things that everyone does on a daily basis. So when you go in jail, you negated all those rights, right? But that's for another talk show. So Amanda, I hope I answered your question. And it was a very interesting one. And I thank you very much for, for proposing that for today. So that's what our first K's Q and A is going, was about. If you have something that you want to talk about, something you want to get off your chest and you just want to know what my opinion is. If you have a question with anything that's going on in your life or just what's going on just in the news, shoot me an email at what would K say at gmail.com. And we'll discuss it. It's now time for our op-ed portion of the show. Op-ed, I have a lot to talk about this week. But we'll start with the news reporter for News 12 Brooklyn, who was verbally harassed while he was, re while he was reporting a story that was taking place out on Long Island. Apparently... There was a group called the Satuket, Satucket Patriots. They're housed on Long Island. They're Trump believers. They're Trump followers. They were out there protesting that Long Island should open. They need to make their money. You know, the usual rigmarole. He went out there just to report a story that people were gathering in groups not keeping social distance, some of them not wearing masks, and they saw him doing his report, and they decided, not everyone, because you know it's not everyone in the group, but the only it only takes one or two to start the whole thing riled up. They started verbally harassing him, calling him all types of names, cursing at him, everything only because he was reporting a story. Now, this disturbs me on two levels. Number one, no one was arrested and no one was detained for harassing the, the reporter. They weren't even, I guess you can't detain or arrest anyone for speaking out loud towards another individual because that is their freedom of speech, correct? But 
The second part of this story that bothers me is Trump then takes the video, posts it on his Twitter feed, and writes on top that it's fake news, like as if the reporter made up the story that they were harassing him. You can see clearly in the video that they're harassing the man as he's doing his story. So when he starts walking away from them, they're literally following behind him, calling him all types of profanity. But Trump posts it on his Twitter page and says that it's fake news. On another note, we have once again, New York's finest at their best. Now I told you last week how they were physically abusing people for not social distancing, for not wearing a mask. Well, actually last week it was for not social distancing. It wasn't for not wearing a mask. This week they decided five of them to take down a mother who was with her child because she was not wearing a mask and she wanted to get on the train. Now, from what I understand, I'm not sure, and I have to look this up, are masks mandatory or are they suggestions? Because I see a lot of people walking and running without masks. So, and it looked like she had something around her neck. She just didn't have it up over her face but they would not let her go down the train steps because she didn't have a mask on. And then when she went to walk away, I saw the cop put his hand on her to stop her. And I guess she went to move his hand because she wanted to go. And that's when they took her down because they said, oh, she hit the cop. But he put his hand out. Now, if you tell her she can't get on the train and she's coming back up the steps to leave the train station, why are you trying to detain her? So when she goes to move you out of her way so she could leave, you're then going to arrest her? I, I don't understand the logic behind that. You told her to leave because she couldn't get on the train. So what was she supposed to do? Just stand there in the train station and do what? Not go anywhere ever? Just stand there. I, I don't understand. But now... We have the people, the leaders of Black Lives Matter. They were doing a protest at Barclay Center. They had on their masks. There was only about 10 of them there. And they were talking about how the police are using excessive force when it comes to blacks and Latinos in New York City. And we all knew this was going to take place because NYPD, they look for a reason to want to crack you over the head. Just Give them a reason. Look at them the wrong way. Tie your shoes the wrong way. Just give them a reason to want to come over to you. But now what bothers me with this is they said the, the founders of Black Lives Matter, and it's not even a thing as Black Lives Matter because that's irrelevant. It could have been anybody out there protesting this incident because it was off the chain. What gets me with this incident, with them talking, is they said that they sent a letter to Mayor de Blasio as soon as he shut the city down, saying how you need to get a mandate of what's going to be the criteria of how we function in this social distancing, not being out and about with all non-essential places being closed, right? Because they knew what it was going to do with police officers. If it's, oh, you're not supposed to be on the street. Well, you know what? I'm dragging you back into your house. You're not supposed to be on the street. And for what I'm hearing from the other news reports, they've been going around to housing projects 
if people are sitting on their benches or standing outside their buildings, they've been telling them they can't stand outside, which we know that they have a sign that says no loitering. It does say that. But if you can't go anywhere and before they had really opened up streets and parks for people to go to, if you were sitting on your benches in your housing project, they're going to tell you, you have to go back in your house. So when do you get to get fresh air? If you live in a housing complex, that's number one. Number two, the policeman's benevolent association, whoever that president is, Pat, someone, I should have got his name and I'm so horrible with names when it comes to things like this, but he says he makes a statement once de Blasio said he was now going to have civilians be a part of, um, what do they call them? Almost like guardian angels, you know, the private sector that go around and enforce things, you know, with the neighborhood and every community watch or whatever they call them. He said he was going to have regular civilians go around and in the community and tell people, you know, you need to social distance. They're going to be walking with masks for those who don't have masks. He's going to, you know, they're going to be able to give them out much like what the police were doing in central park. But now they police can't do that in Brooklyn because I guess they figure people in Brooklyn don't need masks. So they're only going to give them to those who live on the, Upper West Side and the Upper East Side, they need masks, but we in Brooklyn don't need them. But that's another story too. So instead of having the police give them out, instead of giving out handcuffs, they now have to get civilians to give out masks so that people can walk the street because now they want everybody to have a mask on or they prefer you to have a mask on. The Policeman um, Benevolence Association, they put out a, a statement saying, um, when it comes to doing our policing, and, and now I'm paraphrasing, when it comes to doing our policing, there's always different caveats and different, um, like different rules we have to, to obey when it comes to certain people. So with that, the police should not have to enforce any type of rules at all. So I'm scratching my head. I'm like, what do you mean is different caveats when it comes to different people? You, the police department yourself, creates the different caveats that need to, that you enforce on other people. The mayor didn't say when you see black and Latinos, not social distancing or walk in the street without a mask, beat their behinds. You know, the word I really want to use beat their ass and carry them off to jail. The mayor didn't say that you decided that's what you wanted to do. He didn't say when you see people gathering in central park, to not arrest them, just go over there politely and say, you know, you really need to stay six feet apart. And by the way, here's a mask for you and your baby and your husband and your cousin and whoever else is gathering around in your own little group on the grass. Okay. And he also didn't say when you have a funeral that a funeral procession, a procession that is taking place. And we all know in Brooklyn, what those are and the amount of people that they bring out. He didn't say that you don't even have to get out your cars. You just stay in your car and talk to them politely over your loudspeaker and tell them you think it would be in their best interest to disperse. So now that's three different ways that you've handled three different groups all in the same city. But yet you want to come out and make a statement and say, oh, when it comes to police and certain people, we got to now, you're going to get annoyed because somebody's getting into you because you did the wrong thing. Really? I mean, enough New York city police 
enough. We already know you don't like us. We already know that everybody, like Geico says, everybody knows that, but at least in this pandemic, everybody's tensions are high. Yours are high because you have to be out there in the street. People's tensions are high because they can't be out there in the street. They're getting tense being in the house with their kids, just like I'm sure you're getting tense when you get home and you got to be around your kids. We're all under the same pressures. So if we're all under the same pressures, save the policing for those who truly need it. There are people out there committing crimes, blatantly committing crimes. Now, if you want to take them and slam them to the ground and handcuff them and punch them a couple of times in their head, have at it. I'm sure you will not get a complaint from any civilian board because you probably saved some woman from being raped, some young boy from being robbed, some old man from being jacked in an elevator, all those things you can be doing. But somebody who's standing three feet away or might happen to be getting on a train and don't happen to have a mask on, you want to beat them down to the ground? I'm scratching my head behind all that. That's op-ed for this week. On to better and interesting things. We're going to talk about our word for the month. Recall our word for the month. This month was reset. Now, see, I think that's a good idea. Oh, here it is. We had our word of the month. I put it out last week, right? It was reset. Guess what the word is to de Blasio for the New York City Police Department? We're going to have to reset how we handle social distancing and wearing a face mask. Is God on time or what? Trust me. When I say things, trust me. God is putting this out there. We need to reset. And if we're all in the reset process, all in the reset period, then we all need to do it. Civilians as well as police officers. Let's all take a reset. Our promise for this Sunday is Proverbs 12 and 19. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Well, folks, it seems like that's all the time we have for this show. Time really flies when we're having fun, right? So with that, I'd like to say have a blessed week. Continue to be a blessing to others. Stay safe. Wear your mask until we meet again, God's willing, next week. Peace. You led me deep in my despair to show me you would never leave me there. You claim me cause I was made for so much more. I am your child and I'm worth fighting for. Though heavy with the weight of my mistakes, you carry me and refuse to let me sink under the pressure. You're meant for me to soar. I am your child. And I'm worth fighting for. Eyes have been seen, ears have been heard. All you have planned for me.
separates me from your love when there's so much more still worth fighting for now i'm moving by faith and not by sight towards victory by the power of your might you're straightening out my path and opening every door i am your child and i'm worth fighting for eyes haven't seen ears haven't heard That's why I'm pressing towards the mark Because the calling on my life is worth fighting for And I keep my mind still on you, Jesus Because the peace it brings is worth fighting for And I'll be faithful for my wife and children Because my family is worth fighting for no this world is not my home but your kingdom here is worth fighting for i got a mansion over in glory and my new home is worth fighting for till i see it i'll shout hallelujah here because my prayer There is so much more still worth fighting mountain looked all around couldn't find nobody went down into the deepest valley looked all around down there couldn't find nobody I went across the deep blue sea couldn't find one to come 
to your grace, your love, your mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater, no, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Nobody can heal like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great I am. Awesome in all your ways and mighty is your hand. You are healed, carried out.
worship you.